podcast is part of the Sports Social Podcast Network. Everybody and welcome back to the Cut to the Race News Roundup Show, the weekly show covering the news, views, and opinions from the F1 world. Brought to you by the Formula Nerds News Team. Hello, Jay. Hello, Charlotte. How are you? Hello, Dan. How are you? I feel like we never asked Dan how he is. Oh, so, fine. Dan, Thank you. How Jay. are you? I'm. I'm okay. I'm okay. I'm better now you've asked. Even better. All right, um, Charlotte. Yeah, man. I'm good. <laughs> yeah. I mean, I don't really know where to go from there. Um, I'm good. I'm good. Happy to see both your faces. Um, I mean the. The listeners can't, but um, <laughs> lucky I, them. I've messed that up. <laughs> I messed that up. <laughs> lucky them. Lucky them. We've got a fair bit of news to talk about today, and it is, of course, Belgian Grand Prix race week. So we will be looking ahead to that. We're recording this on a Thursday. A bit of news broke this morning. Fernando Alonso is staying with Alpine in 2022. Kind of makes sense, doesn't it? We all kind of saw that coming. Uh, I think it's about as obvious as a Fast and Furious sequel that he was going to stay. It was guaranteed that this has been in the mill for what, months now. So I think it was more of a confirmation of what we already knew rather than actually news. Yeah, um, just the second that really. I think I think that was a prediction of mine a few weeks ago that that was going to be announced, that he would be staying for 2022. And here we are. Um, you know, he had a really good race for Hungary and he has been getting more confident in the car. So, uh, yeah, I guess that's great news. But... I would like to see Pierre Gasly there soon in the future as well. But what I will say is, if you're an Alpine young driver, if your name's Guan Yu Zhou, if your name's Oscar Piastri, who are absolutely killing it in Formula 2 this year, what do you do? Because Ocon's there for three years, Alonso's there for another year. Do you really want to spend another year in Formula 2? Or do you maybe look to branch out, maybe look to have a go at that Alfa Romeo seat, have a look at that Williams seat? Because there doesn't really seem to be any kind of progression in the short-term future if you're any of the Alpine young drivers. First and second in the F2 Championship are both Alpine young drivers and they've got nowhere to go. PS3 and Joe. Do feel bad for them. I do feel bad for them. Yeah, it's just that thing. I keep saying it every week. I just find it so unfair. There are so many talented young drivers coming through the ranks and they just have no, like, almost, like, path into Formula 1 because of the lack of space and availability. So I'm going to say it again. I want more teams. Let's let's just bring more teams. Why not? Get that trending on Twitter. I'm sure we'll have, have more teams in no time at all. Um, Mercedes, well, Toto Wolff to be more specific, have said that they have no plans for Max in the next few years to try and make a move for him, which seems obvious now. But there will come a time where both Bottas and Hamilton are gone and Russell's their only guy. Do they not want to think about Max? He's only 23 or whatever he is. He could be the next Hamilton that they have if Russell doesn't materialise to anything. Mate, I don't think Bill Gates buys that. Verstappen is he's the second best driver on the grid, arguably. He's either first or second behind Hamilton. If Hamilton goes, 
if you're Mercedes, you want the best drivers in your car because you're a team who want to win world championships. And to win world championships, you need the best people, whether that's drivers, engineers, mechanics, whatever. And Verstappen is one of the greatest drivers in the world. So I do not see in what world where Toto Wolff would not want him in his team. Yeah, I think it'd be really funny if it was like a lower team. Like, I don't know, I'm just imagining like Gunter Steiner going, yeah, we don't want Max. Like, that would be some good news. <laughs> um, yeah, like, once again, just what Jay said, it's not, it's a little bit strange for them to say that, but I guess they kind of want to keep their cards close to their chest. And at the moment, he is their biggest rival. So I guess it's just not something that they would want to say at the moment. It's, but that's a fair know, point. Who knows what the future holds? Do you know what I'm you saying? You never know. You never know. Uh, what other news do we have? Drive to Survive has been confirmed for a fourth season, which is probably the worst kept secret ever in Formula One history. <laughs> um, the cameras have been in the paddock all season. But yeah, it's back. I'm glad. I like that show. Yeah, it's great. Obviously, sometimes it's a little bit overdramatic at times. Um, but Just it a is tat. really. Yeah, but it's exciting. Like, they really do make the races really exciting when they show it like that. And it's great for new fans coming into the sport um, to get more of an insight into the drivers and the teams and the, all the dramas going on in the paddock. And I love it. Yeah, you know, as, as Charlotte just said, I've had a few conversations with people who weren't Formula One fans who have watched Drive to Survive and are now Formula One fans. Yes, it can be a bit gimmicky and a bit overdramatic. It can make the most boring race, like the best thing since sliced bread. But... If it gets more people into Formula One, then you can't really complain. Yeah, it has only done good things for the sport. And as much as for hardcore F1 fans, it is quite fake. It has only done good things for the sport. And speaking of Netflix, there is a new Schumacher documentary coming to Netflix, which looks incredible from what I've seen so far. Yeah, it's going to be a biographical documentary. I mean, that is that sounds beautiful when you say it. Anyway, it's going to be a new film uh, coming out to Netflix on September the 15th this year. It's going to show the life and time of Michael Schumacher, his journey from a young carter up to being a seven-time world champion. And I think what's interesting as well is Netflix have said they want to show more about the man behind the helmet. I think a lot of people sort of think of Schumacher as this ruthless racing driver who doesn't care about anything or anyone. All he cares about himself and winning. We're going to show more about his, his family life, how he does with his kids and his wife really interesting it's got some cool interview clips in there in, in the trailer it's got Vettel it's got uh, Mick Schumacher his son and apparently they're going to have loads of interviews with people he works with about Benetton and Ferrari so it should be really insightful and I'm really looking forward to it and I know you've yeah. got f- gone. I was going to say yeah it's definitely going to be an emotional watch I think we're all going to have some emotions but I think it'll just be really great to see one of the best drivers of all time in a different light you know not just the ruthless racing driver that he could sometimes be known as but a family man like Jay said and you know that more humane if you want to say side um I'm really looking forward to it and um yeah I just think it's great I love it yeah it's definitely it's definitely a good thing it'll be really exciting to see and uh, not related to this at all Jay I know you've got a few words on Qatar should we say well, you see, the thing is, Dan, is that, so obviously the Australian Grand Prix this, I believe it was November, has been cancelled. Formula One are scrambling to find uh, an alternative. Logistically, Qatar makes sense. I want to get that out of the way. It's in the Middle East. The two races after it are in Saudi Arabia and then the UAE. So logistically, it makes sense. But the Middle East has a lot of things. It's got a lot of sand and it's got a lot of racetracks. And why are we choosing this racetrack when there's so many other better ones in the region? La Salle, the Qatar one, it's made for motorbikes. It's very sort of 
long and twisty. So yeah, it's, it's, it's very long and it's very twisty. It's a bit, it's very motorbike-esque. It was built for MotoGP. MotoGP been racing there for ages. It's not very car friendly. There's very few straights. It's all sort of medium speed corners. It looks like it's going to be difficult to follow, difficult to overtake. So I'm looking forward to the circuit. No, because down the road, well not down the road, but in the same region, there is the Dubai circuit. Long straight, crazy elevation changes, good overtaking opportunities, bank corners. It's literally everything you could want from a modern circuit, minus the gravel. So, Formula One, if you can hear me, Stefano Domenicali, if you can hear me, please, please, please make the third to last race of the season in Dubai. Do not make it in Qatar. My TED Talk is over. Thank you very much for your TED Talk. Charlotte, any comments on circuits? Cool. Great, great podcast. Um, let's oh, move on, on to I the... I won't... <laughs> hold on, really quick. I was looking at Extreme so, so I'm so sorry, Jay, I wasn't listening. <laughs> wow, all of that effort just put in. <laughs> no, but don't put this bit in, Dan. You need to cut this bit out. Was it just about Qatar replacing Japan? Australia. Australia? Mm-hmm. Yeah, I have no opinions. That's I, can, I, I reckon Japan will be Magello. Sorry. Magello? Hmm, makes sense. Okay. And just before we start talking about this week's Belgian Grand Prix, we have Extreme E this weekend as well. Charlotte, what's going on there? Yes, we do. So this weekend is the Arctic E-Prix in Greenland, where actually it's going to be raising awareness for uh, obviously the climate change, but I think it's the melting ice caps, the carbon emissions and things like that. And Extreme E will actually support research into protecting Arctic ice, which is amazing. Um, yes, Dan? Are they racing on the ice? As far as I'm aware, I think they're fully racing on the Arctic glacier. So surely they're just going to melt the ice with their tyres? Uh Potentially, I don't know the logistics. Um, I know it's not <laughs> petrol before someone comes at me like that, but the heat yeah, from the tyres will electric. still melt the ice, surely. But it'd have to be really hot. I think the F1 tyres are only, what, like 80 degrees Celsius? But these aren't, like, F1 tyres. And, and, and these aren't F1 tyres, so I don't think they'll melt the ice. I mean, they might put some grooves in and upset the polar bears, but other than that, I think it should be all right. You, the last thing you want is an angry polar bear. Trust me, mate. I've seen them. Exactly. Honestly, awful humans. They don't human beings, animals, but they're awful things. I'm joking. Polar bears out there, please don't hurt me. <laughs> well, that's anyways, a um, peculiar, to extreme peculiar e. tangent. <laughs> um, so, extreme E. The times for this weekend, just in case anybody was wondering, there's a shakedown on Friday, which for UK time is for eight to half eight. Then Saturday, there are two qualifying rounds which the first one is at half 12 till half two, and the following is at five till seven. And then their Sunday, which is the main race day, there's semifinals one and two, which will be 11 and uh, finishes at half 12. And then the race themselves will be at three and five. So that is actually bang, kind of bang in time with the Belgian Grand Prix. But um Nonetheless, this is still really exciting. It is a really great series. And currently, at the moment, we do have Rosberg racing the team with Molly Taylor and Johan Christofferson leading the championship with 71 points, followed by X44, which is Lewis Hamilton's team, with Christina Gutierrez and Sebastian Loeb on 57. And then we have Jensen Button, 
racing, which is Michaela Allen, oh no, Kotulinski and uh, Jensen Button, but I don't think he'll be there again. He's replaced with another driver, but his name, I'm so sorry, has escaped me. Um, and they are on 44 points, especially off that last race. Jensen Button's team went right up through the standings with that chaos of a race. So it'll be interesting to see what happens at the Arctic Epre. That was that was a brilliant pronunciation, Charlotte. I'm glad that was you and not me, because I would have butchered all all six of the ones you just said. So, well, well done yeah, on that. I got one a bit off, but uh... <laughs> yeah, very good, very good. Now I've been waiting to say this for ages. It is finally race week in Formula One. The summer break is over. We are back at Spa, which is a great circuit. But the thing that's never really gone away over the summer break is the Russell, Bottas, Saga, blah de blah blah They shared the press conference today, and it wasn't really as spicy as anyone thought it was going to be. If you got a pound for every time that Russell or Bottas said the words, no news to share, you would be rich. Every question they were asked, they replied, no news to share. Obviously, Tom Clarkson, the uh, press conference host, asked them, and Bottas goes, no news to share, yet... Maybe I know something. Maybe I don't. He then asked Russell. Russell said, no news to share. They were then asked by lots of the written media. No news to share. But does this make you think a decision is made? Because they're not saying we don't know. No decision is made. They're saying they don't have anything to share. It sounds very much like they're both towing the Mercedes line. Typical political answers. Not getting involved in the sort of controversy. Um, do I think it's been made? I don't think it's actually been made yet, you know, because I think Toto Wolf, Toto Wolf knows, right, that if he chooses Russell next year, then Bottas has no reason. I know he's a professional and I know he is all of these amazing things that you think he is, Dan. But Bottas has no reason, if Russell's in the seat next year, to play any kind of team game. Because why does he care for? He's leaving in a few months' time. So I think Toto Wolf knows that if he's going for Russell, he needs to announce it later in the season when maybe this title battle isn't as spicy as it is now. So I don't think the decision's been made, and I just think it was a case of, before the uh, conference, uh, some Mercedes PR person just said to both of them, look, any kind of questions regarding your futures, just bat them away. It's politics. You see, see, a few races ago, I would have said that seat is Russell's from the way they were both acting. But considering what Bottas did in Hungary and made that slight mistake, just just a tiny one, he seems very happy. Slight. He Slight. seems very much relaxed and easygoing. And yeah, there's no news to share. I might know something. I might not. I, I, mm, it's playing you, with my head. It's messing with my head. I can't hope. I can't cope. Do you but think you're like, clutching at straws, Dan? Yeah. I feel like Bottas is yes. always like that. <laughs> like, he is finished. Like, those people are just the most chilled on the planet. The one I thing I do have to support... Sorry, Charlotte. To support Russell would be the fact that Russell said there's no news this week and then he said, Bottas didn't say, Russell said there's probably no news next week. Which means the race after that is Monza. Bottas to Alfa Romeo announced at Monza. It's Italian, maybe. Who knows? I hope it's not, Italian, but who knows? And then they're also kind of Swiss at the same time and there's no Swiss no. Grand Prix. Nah, I think you're clutching at straws no. there, Dan. No, we're all clutching at straws. No one knows what the hell is going on except Toto <laughs> Wolf, Fauci, Bottas and George Russell. I mean, yeah, I, I really well, yeah, maybe not, maybe not. Toto <laughs> Wolf holds say, all really the cards. I don't know. Sorry, I keep talking over everybody. Um, yeah, I was just gonna say I really don't know because 
the way Bottas said, maybe I know, maybe I don't. I feel like if he doesn't know anything, that's not really so, like if it was negative, that's not really something you'd want to say. Yeah. But at the same time, yes, that's what I'm thinking. But at the same time, I don't, I, I, I don't know. Like he, they probably don't know. They're probably asking Toto the same questions, going like, "Well, what's going on?" They're like, "I don't know, not yet, my friends, not yet." But, well, this speculation's been going on for what, months and months now. I mean, years. If you look Since back, last, last year, year, at least, yeah. So maybe Bottas has become a bit phlegmatic to it all. He's just a bit like, "Oh, you know, I'm going to get the same questions this week." They get the same questions next week. He, but he just gets used to it, a bit blasé. So he's just batting it away. I don't think anything's been said though. Personally. Well, especially with this pairing, like they must have known going into this Me. that was going to be like the first question anybody Me. was going to ask. I, I, I think the people who do the press conferences, they're very, very sly when they do it, and they always put black people together who are a bit controversial at controversial times. So you know. I think they're very clever what they do. And maybe they expect an announcement to be made by now, which I think we all did. But Toto Wolf is playing poker and holding them cars close to his Austrian chest. So there we go. <laughs> you know, everyone, everyone's guessing. I, From what was said today, I really, really, really feel there is a decision that's already been made and both drivers know it. But they're just not saying it. Or at least one has been told that it's almost certain. Because I don't think Bottas would have said, there's no news to share pause yet and then maybe i do maybe i don't if he didn't he's not the kind of guy to play tricks with the media is he well if, or he, is he? if he is it's working because <laughs> you're a mess right now i am my head is scrambled it is totally totally scrambled anyway let's move on from bottas russell chat we won't know until seemingly monza um anyway some other news Honda have confirmed that both Max Verstappen and Sergio Perez have lost the second of their three engines as a result of Bottas hitting them. So, rip. Crude penalty down the line seems quite likely. Probably not in Spa. Remember, Bottas has got one in Spa. But it seems they will have one at some point in the season. Uh, well, I mean, it is... It's, like you said, it's, what, what, what did you use? Did you use peak? No, you, no you, I said you, you, I said rip. <laughs> oh, rip. Sorry, yeah. I think in Dan we didn't use the word peak, would he? No. So, um... <laughs> Well, this is the thing, that the calendar, we're not quite sure how many races are going to be. There's been a few cancellations. So maybe less races might play into Red Bull's hands on that front. And then also as well, I think when you take an engine penalty, you need to be strategic in where you do it. You need to do it at a place where you can overtake. And I think the only real track remaining where overtaking is pretty easy is Monza. And Monza's really soon. So do they really want to risk it now and then have a, use an engine from Monza until Abu Dhabi? I don't know. Like, it's, there's so many different like, subplots of this season. I love it. It's so interesting. I'm so engaged and gripped. The Belgium Grand Prix, of course, also marks two years since Antoine Hubert was tragically killed in a Formula 2 crash. And Juan Manuel Correa is, of course, attending the circuit with Formula 3 this year. So all of the wishes of everyone at the Formula Nerds goes out to Hubert's family, Correa's family, everyone that was in any way affected by that by that crash you know safety of formula one has come such a long way but it's never it's never perfect and you know those freak accidents really remind us what the drivers what risks the drivers take in order to give us the sport that we love watching so all of the formula nerd thoughts are with huber this weekend 
On a more positive note, let's look back from our predictions that we made of a piece of news that was going to break in the last week. I said two of the four Red Bull drivers would have their future confirmed. I had a howler. Charlotte, what did you say? I mean, I knew it was never going to be true, but I said that a team boss of a Formula One team will be stepping down. Oh yeah, yours was bold, wasn't it? It was. Well, you asked for bold and I provided. Um, Thank you very much. And obviously it didn't come true. So that's a shock. <laughs> no surprises um, there. I said that Bottas and Russell will be sorted. But they're not. So let's oh. move on. Let's move All on right. quickly. We need uh, to make some predictions for the Belgian Grand Prix. Charlotte. Well, you know what, Oh. oh, all right. Jay, okay, what are you going for? I'll, I'll kick it off because I've been thinking about this for the, for the last week, right? I've been really wow. getting deep into my thoughts, deep in my feelings, like Drake said. And I, I think, right, what's going to happen is is on lap one, Stafford and Hamilton make contact. Oh, oh, pew, pew, uh, boom. Bosh, oh. bing, bomb, bing, bobby. Basically, I, I think, <laughs> right, uh, ignore, ignore the ad-libs and the sound effects. I think Hamilton and Pole... Stop in second, but this doesn't count. The only prediction that actually matters is contact and lap one between the two of them. But when you say contact, like a little wheel bang or proper... Oh, and, and any kind of contact. It can be a little kiss, uh, wheels, or it can be a big old crash. Boo, that is boring. Oh, Come on. One's got, it's got to be significant no, contact. Because you guys are going to put some rubbish, rubbish prediction in there, like, oh, Hamilton on pole was like rubbish like that. So I'm not having it for no. you guys, all right? Significant you know contact. Mine was okay. I Max or Lewis will have an issue, so now I need to think of another because contact, which makes them, which makes one of them lose positions. Let's say that. No, 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 no <laughs> okay. that's fair. Okay, that's, that's fine fair. actually. That's fair. No, I'll, I'll let you have that. That's good. Well, I'll give you what my official happen. I think Hamilton pole for Stappen second, Hamilton leads into La Source, and they're going up the hill. For Stappen gets a bit too brave into either Orouge or Lecom to make contact, and one of them spins. Hopefully at Lecom because I do not want to. That could be a huge uh, accident if it's at Orouge. Let's not hope it's yeah. there. I mean, I hope it's, 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 I hope it's, it's at Lecom because I do not want to see another crash at Irish. But yeah. I think the crash on an open lap. Especially this weekend. Or maybe at a bus stop. Maybe I've got a whole lap, by the way. I've got a whole lap. Yeah, not, not just the first section. <laughs> it's a long lap, lap as well. Lap. Yeah. I'm, I'll give myself two minutes to see this. I am going to say that, bearing in mind he has a five-place grid penalty, that Bottas is going to blow everyone away with his amazing performance. And I'm saying that because that will secure him in the Mercedes seat. So positive mindset. I'm Wait, saying oh. that he's going to start sixth, maybe, okay. and he's going to boof the field, and everyone's going to be like, wow, what a performance. Well, if he starts sixth... Is- sit- so basically you're saying he's, he's going to start on pole. He's going to get pole. No, no, the sixth no, wasn't the prediction. Second, the sixth wasn't the prediction. I'm saying no. that he's going to be blown his away. Perf- his performance is going to have everyone saying, wow, what a performance. Everyone. The thing is that Dan, yeah, that's very. No, no. That's very much that perception. I mean, Dan, Dan's blown away by Bottas drinking porridge or coffee and drinks. <laughs> so it doesn't. Wow, what a yeah, I liked that I mean, prediction. That, that makes you think of a different one. Right, shot it. Bottas is going <laughs> to win the race. <laughs> <laughs> Bottas is winning. <laughs> Bottas is winning the Belgian Grand Prix. End of story. Now that's bold. That is bold. We're a fireplace grid penalty as well. (laughs) Yes. Bottas is winning the Belgian Grand Prix. End of. Right, Charlotte, what is your prediction? Gasly will in P5. Wow, that's very specific. I like that though. What a boy of Pierre Gasly. Last year he was so good at Spyro as well. Exactly. Remember that overtake on Mm. Prez? Mate, what a boy. Uh, Dan, could you imagine, right, if Hamilton and Verstappen collide on lap one, that's my prediction done, 
and then Bottas comes through, takes an easy victory, that's your prediction done, and then Charlotte in some cool world, Gasly comes fifth, and then happy days at the Fallen Heads. Oh, that'd be wow. such a good podcast. What a performance. Brilliant. <laughs> yeah. Well, we, we, we can wish and we can pray. We can wish and we can pray. Oh, I just really want Bottas to win the Belgian Grand Prix. He won't do Or any okay. Grand Prix. No, yeah. I'm relying on Jay's prediction coming true. He, yeah, yeah, but I still, even if that is true, he won't win. I've put oh, my five, faith Five plays Gripley, which means he needs to get past, he needs to get past, what, Perez? Which is not easy. Checo and Lando, pretty much. Norris. Who, I mean, they'll be the only tricky two. And the Gaz man. Ma- maybe Gaz, mate, Gaz, Gaz yeah. is a solid He won't have a problem overtaking an Alpha Tauri, though. That's what you think. <laughs> mate, you remember Monza last year and he got stuck in, like, ninth for the whole race. Exactly. He was stuck behind, he could he could keep George Russell behind him at uh, Imola this year. Well, no, George Russell couldn't overtake him. He ran into him. Anyway. Um, anyway. Just, I know we're excited for the Belgian Grand Prix, but I think I just really want to say how excited I am for a triple header. You know, we've had three weeks off, and now we get three weeks of races. And so after Belgian, we have the Dutch Grand Prix, Max's home race, Zandvoort, let's go, and Monza. Like, I think these next three are going to be sick. Like, I think they're going to be so good, so juicy. Go on, Jay. Very exciting. I was actually going to add as well, I don't know if you guys saw this, it's not really newsworthy, but all of the um, road signs around Zandvoort, so they've got a mile hour speed limit, they've changed it to 33 to match Max Verstappen's number. Hi. Which is, yeah, which yeah. is pretty interesting. Oh, that's yeah. quite cute. Everyone gets to go saw, three kilometres an hour faster as well. Win-win. And I, I saw this other thing, someone which I found pretty funny. He said, um, or she said, I can't remember it was, they said, Can you imagine if you're doing 33 mile an hour and then someone doing 77 mile an hour behind it turns you off. <laughs> <laughs> Just before we close the podcast, one thing that we forgot to mention was that there is a new award in Formula One. Charlotte, what's that? Um, so this new award is the Overtake Award, or should I say Crypto.com Overtake Award. Um, so Crypto.com are the cryptocurrency company that are one of the main backers, or the main backers, should I say, uh, for the sprint races this year. And now they have decided to also have um, be the main sponsor for the Overtake Award, which will award the driver anywhere from the grid. Um, with this award, who have performed the most overtakes this season. So, so far, Bashun Vettel is winning that. I don't know the sp- specific number, but I know that he's winning. Um, and obviously there are supposed to be still 12 races to go. So I guess it's anyone's to play for. Um, what are you, what are your guys thoughts on this award? I think it's a good idea, but they should change it slightly. But if you're a front runner or you're Hass, you pretty much have no chance of it because Hass, you're too slow. And at the front, you can't have to anyone if you're the fastest star. I think they should do it for overtake of the year. And have like, at the end of the season, have, yeah. they like they pick it and they're like a fans vote, and then you can go out like a really cool overtake. Because really and truly, you could like say you're a really bad qualifier in like a, a decent midfield car, and then you can just go past everyone in front of you. Then you know what I mean. Like you're that's what you're expected to do. You shouldn't be awarded for something that is expected of you. So I think best overtake something that's damn brave and courageous. That's what we want to see. You know what? I didn't even think of that, but that is such a good shout, Jay. Because I even, I'm sure in the winter break um, that's just gone, that I think it was just even on Twitter, but there was like the best moments of like the 20 season and there was like a good few overtakes within that as well. I think it's like the best, it was the best few moments. Um, 
and I think that way, obviously, you still get fan engagement. It makes things like head to head. Like I remember, I'm sure there was one of so Lando got his first podium, and then uh, Gasly's overtake. Is it at Eau Rouge? I'm not sure. But in Spa, that one with Perez, when he was right up against the wall and then got past him. But like I'm thinking, oh, that's a really hard one to pick. And I think that would just make it more exciting and a lot better. Because like you say, like Lewis, I know Lewis Hampton technically doesn't need another award, but he will have no chance because he will always be at the top of the field. Same with Max. So really, it's kind of down to the midfield teams. Because like you say... Hass aren't really good being contention. Williams aren't really good being contention. It's so like, yeah. So like you said, actually, half the grid's been taken out <laughs> after being able to get this award. Yeah, that is that is the obvious flaw. I mean, I guess it's interesting, but yeah, yeah, the drivers are kind of getting an award for something they were doing anyway. But I don't know, maybe our views are unpopular on that. Who knows? Who knows? That is it for the Cup to the Race News Roundup show today. It was a short and sweet, short and sweet edition. I cannot wait for some racing this weekend. I hope it's a dry race, whereas everyone else hopes it's a wet race. But I, for the first factor that what happened in the rain last week, for the second factor that Spa is dangerous enough as it is, and I do not want any more danger added to that, just for the driver's safety. But yeah, we'll see everyone. We'll see everyone next week. Anything to say? Closing comments, guys. Um, no, I mean, I hope it rains. Any Formula 1 race is just bettered by rain. I'm just scared that Bottas is going to crash again. I mean, when you think of Bottas <laughs> into hairpin first corners and a wet race, is never really a good combination. I feel like you're just worried about Bottas. He hasn't had a good start this year with really? Imola let and then rain. Hungary. <laughs> so... Let it rain, let it pour. Because I think the last races have been pretty dull and they've all been dry. So a bit of rain, spice it up. That's what we want to see. Anyway, I'm babbling. In general, I'm looking forward to seeing some cars out on track, <laughs> going around a circuit again. I'm just excited to see that. So, yeah. Yeah, Spa's a decent place to have a grid penalty. It's got a lot of long straights that he can slipstream off on that one, providing he makes it around the first corner. But we will speak all about what happens on the Belgium Race Review Show on Sunday, so be sure to tune into that. And we will see everyone next week. Thank you very much for listening. Goodbye. Podcast Network.